2: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay
1: Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming
2: home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle.
1: Good I could use a little more volume. Welcome.
3: We are yeah, glad me? to have you. Thanks so much for joining us uh, the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. You can find all the different flavors, the ingredients, and everything over there at BudLight.com. Only 100 calories per seltzer. I'm Bill Michaels. Joining me tonight, Dennis Krause, Spectrum News 1. Dennis, how you doing? Doing great, Bill. Good to talk with you. And uh, we are also talking with Stephanie Sutton from WISN 12 in Milwaukee. Stephanie, how you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing pretty well, Bill. How are you doing?
3: I am doing wonderfully. It is a weird world in which we live and doing the Zoom stuff, so uh, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, and uh, and, and I appreciate, appreciate the time tonight on the program. Uh, Dennis, I'll start with you. The Packers uh, went undefeated in their first three games in September, and they looked prolific almost in doing so with the offense. So the question I have, do you think they can keep this pace up because it seems like the offense is going to have to carry a lot of the defense for the entire season?
1: I don't think they can keep necessarily the pace of you know forty points per game up, but I, I do think it's going to be a good offense all season, and I, I do think it's going to be uh, incumbent on the offense to be better than the defense. Um, the way I look at the defense is this, guys: I, I, I they're not a dominant defense, and I don't think they will be anytime this season. Will they be good enough to win a Super Bowl? That's the question. I don't think anybody looks at the Kansas City Chiefs defense last season and says, "Wow." what a powerhouse defense. It was so hard to score on them. But if you're good enough offensively in today's NFL, you can overcome, you know, for lack of a better term, a mediocre defense.
3: Stephanie, do you think uh, offensively, uh, Aaron Rodgers talked about being in a rhythm with Matt LaFleur. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's going to get a lot better. If it does, uh, you know, we'll be like in almost awe at that point, but do you think that they're able to sustain this kind of success barring mass injury?
0: Well, I suppose barring mass injury, but that's tough to sustain this kind of success. Although it is Aaron Rodgers. He's freakishly good. He's still good at his age. I think that's what's so impressive that, you know, in the mid thirties, he's playing like he's in his mid twenties and the rhythm this offense is in right now, at least these first few games, it's, they're sort of unstoppable. And at the moment, I mean, let's be honest here. I don't think anyone's p- picking the Falcons for Monday night football. This coming Monday, I feel like they're going to go four and uh, they're going to have the bye week. They're going to keep this rhythm going. You almost don't even want the bye week because they're doing so well. Um, but I, I, I don't know if they can keep it up the entire season, but they sure seem to have picked up right where they left off last year. Okay. Minus the NFC championship game.
3: Um, with Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark, both limited today in practice and both dealing with, uh, with pools, Uh, Steph, I'll come back to you. If they're not close to 100%, would you play them on Monday night?
0: (sighs) You know, that's been a hot topic, I think, for the last week or so. Even before last Sunday's game against the Saints, people were talking about that. Like, would they rest Devontae Adams just because to get him 100%? Uh, That's a great question. But knowing Devontae and that fact that he was out on the practice field today in Green Bay, and warming up in the situation with Alan Lazard right now, who knows if he, he's going to have the surgery and how long he'll be out, that Devontae's going to probably end up playing, I would think, on Monday night football. I don't think they're going to rest him this game. I don't know if he's going to play, you know, all four quarters. But um, they're definitely I, – I knowing him and the kind of player that he is and he wants to get out there and have this offense, I think you're going to see Devontae out there on Monday night.
3: So, uh, Dennis, yeah, I think uh, had, uh, with what you just said. I think –
1: I think Stephanie's observation is is accurate about Adams in the sense that we need to find out more about Alan Lazard's core injury. And if that requires surgery that's going to put him out for a while, if you have to go into the Atlanta game without Adams and Lazard, even though Atlanta's defense is not very good and their secondary has given up a lot of big plays, uh, I don't think you want to be missing both of those guys Monday night. Now, you certainly do have an eye on if we can just get through this game, you've got the bye looming but I, I think to go into this game without Adams and Lazard is a tricky proposition.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I know that uh, they have been better with the tight ends, getting Jay Sternberger involved. Obviously, Aaron Jones coming out of the backfield, a, a solid wide receiver. Marquez valdez scaling has been more trusted. But one of, the, one of the areas we were concerned about coming into this season, I think everybody would agree, would be the depth of the wide receiving position. Uh, you can go out and find particular players. I mean, right now the Philadelphia Eagles only have one healthy wide receiver even on their roster, and they're starting to search for wide receivers as well. So the question then becomes, um, do you think that there's enough weapons the way this offense is, Dennis, that with uh, with Aaron Jones coming out of the backfield, two tight end sets, running out a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantling and some of the other guys that you have depth-wise – do they have enough with Aaron Rodgers getting rid of the ball quick, or do you think that this team is, is – if if Devonta Adams doesn't go and Alan Lazard's going to be out for a period of time, that this team could be going from a plethora and almost an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the ability to move the ball around to trusted guys to all of a sudden you're really starting to scramble?
1: I wouldn't use the word scramble, Bill, because I think, as Stephanie said, you have Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where Monday night – Darius Shepard might have eight catches for 120 yards out of nowhere. So he can make stars out of people. And, you know, if you're saying you're going to be without Adams and Lazard for multiple weeks, no one's saying that you might be without Lazard for, I don't know how long, but I think with Adams, it's just a matter of, you know, when you feel comfortable bringing him back. And when he feels comfortable coming back, He, he said today on a, on a zoom call with reporters that, you know, he, he's got to feel, 100% with that hamstring before you can cut it loose and I don't blame him. So he might need another week to, you know, and then he's got the bye week. I think you could probably get by Atlanta without those two. That's kind of an arrogant thing to say, but I think you probably could. But long term, you need at least one of those guys.
3: Stephanie, with the Atlanta offense, they can put up points. The problem has been the defense. The, the offense is, for whatever reason, over the last couple of weeks, has just basically shut down midway through a fourth quarter, and then the defense just couldn't seem to get off the field and was giving up points like a sieve. Without Devontae, without Alan Lazard, is there enough offense to keep up with what you believe Atlanta can do, at least in the first three and a half quarters?
0: I'm going to say yes, because everything that you see on paper from this game, I mean – There's no way the Packers lose this. I know that's being slightly naive because it's the NFL and anything can happen, but I would also say uh, this Atlanta team, just they're a cluster right now. I don't think they know which way is up, whether it's, you know, Matt Ryan and the offense or the defense, they're kind of all over the place. I don't see them kind of getting it together on a Monday night football game. Now with that being said, again, let's go back to that NFC championship game a few years ago down in Atlanta. Like they also seem to maybe step up to the game when it comes against the Packers. Maybe they will, um, you know, play better defensively against Aaron Rodgers and those guys on Monday night. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this game goes. But if the Packers don't win by like 10 points or more, I'd be I'd be surprised. I'm sorry. No matter if Devante plays, Uh, because, yes, you do have Aaron Rodgers. But it's, it's all it all goes through Aaron Rodgers, how Aaron Rodgers is doing, how Aaron Rodgers is feeling. But not only that, Aaron, Aaron Jones, obviously he plays well. Obviously, he can run. He can catch. He can do everything with his offense. Now, if one of those two goes down, I'd be a little more, uh, I guess, nervous for the Packers going into a game like this. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I think he can get around anything As Dennis brought up. He makes anyone look good. I think if you put Bill Michaels and Dennis Krause on that field with Aaron Rodgers, he will make you guys look good. Just saying.
3: Well, that's going too far. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say I'm a little I'm a little pressed to to go and to go <laughs> that far, but uh, I I like how you think, Stephanie. Thank you very much, uh, Dennis. Uh, there was a concern with Aaron Jones last year with the amount of carries and reps that he would see, and because in years past he's had some injuries, uh, they're using him a lot more this year. Obviously, with the amount of touches he's getting, uh, he's proven himself that he can he can handle the touches but we don't know what the longevity is with where you just unleash him. Should there at least be an attempt to say, maybe we don't give him the ball nearly as much to take the pounding because we, we're we going to need him in January.
1: I think, you know, this is a, a word that's kind of a cliche, but I think it's going to develop organically because you have a high draft pick in A.J. Dillon. That's basically been a non-entity to this point. And I think as the season goes on, He will become more of a factor. And that's not even mentioning uh, Jamal Williams and Tyler Irvin. So you've got four guys really that you can hand the ball off to and feel pretty good. So it doesn't have to be all, all on Aaron Jones. And I would say this, you know, I'm an old guy. I don't remember the Packers having this number of good running backs that you feel confident in as they have this season.
3: Uh, going back to Lazard, I know that they're going to wait for this for the scans and and whether or not they're going to have surgery or rehab, but. Um at that point in time with Alan Lazard out, and he, Lazard, Stephanie, was a guy that I'm not going to say he's got burning speed. He doesn't have great leaping ability. There was nothing that stood out, but what he did was he reminded me a lot of when you look at him on the film of Jordy Nelson, just an unbelievable route runner, and he was always where he was supposed to be. Who's the next guy that you think can develop that kind of connection with Aaron Rodgers?
0: Other than Alan Lazard? And a Devontae Adams and, right. uh, well, MVS. I don't, you know, again, that goes back to Aaron can make anyone look good. Darius um, Shepard. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'd have to wait to see. Are you saying if, indeed, Lazard is out for, the, uh, for if, a few if weeks? He's, is that yeah. what you're asking?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's serious enough that you've got surgeons now look at him. So, I mean, you cross your fingers and say a prayer if you're the Packers that he obviously uh, is going to go more towards the rehab. But regardless, he's out at least a couple of weeks, you would assume
0: you know i it's again i you you you'd have to wait and see i guess i i i am still waiting to see that connection i know mbs he plays well and then he drops the ball um you know again i'm not sure if the depth and wide receiver i would just say that what uh, what dennis just said about the running backs i actually feel more comfortable about where the Packers are running back wise this season than I do wide receiver, if that makes sense, just because of the injuries, not because of who they had. And I do think it's interesting that, again, if you go back to the draft in April, they didn't draft any wide receivers. So I'm wondering if that's going to maybe come back to haunt them. Now I know you can take players off the practice squad and you can do like you know, stuff like that, or maybe it pick someone up, but I don't, I, I don't know. But again, it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not too worried. If he can't throw the ball, Aaron Jones will run the ball. I'm going to put myself on mute. So you don't hear my phone.
1: I, I would say this. I would say this. I just want to jump in real quick in that. Um, I think we all focus too narrowly on the wide receiver position. There are different ways to execute an offense, as you know. And so, You don't necessarily need MVS to have 10 catches for 180 yards. You can spread it out to some of your running backs. You can bring the tight ends into more of a passing game, and we saw some of that Sunday night in New Orleans. So, Bill, it's not just on the receivers.
3: No, but you need somebody. You would need Marquez Valdez-Scantling or somebody to at least get deep at least a couple of times to take shots just to make them then respect the downfield pass. Otherwise, you're going to start seeing eight and nine and, and more in the box, right?
1: absolutely and, and that's where i think you know we talk about aaron Rodgers being able to play with just about anybody um well that theory might be tested monday night
3: uh let's do this we're going to step away take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk about some more injuries but on the opposite side of the ball the defensive side of the ball and uh, who do you have trust in we'll talk with dennis krausey of spectrum news one stephanie sutton wisn 12 in milwaukee i'm bill michaels it's a bill michaels huddle it's brought to you by our friends at Bud light seltzer we've got more coming up right after this
2: Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
3: Yeah, it was in the Detroit game. It just kind of happened. It was a, a random play. Um, I was on the right side. I don't remember exactly when it was, but wasn't even running full speed when it happened. It just kind of—I mean, I was—I was running pretty fast, but it—it it just kind of happened. It felt uncomfortable, so I just wanted to uh, go test it out figured out on the next play that I, it was kind of probably not going to happen based off of how I felt. Couldn't throw my weight into the ground the way that I wanted to, so um, we'll, we'll see. Um, as we finish out this week, got a lot of time left, but feeling a lot better this week than last week. Those are the words of Devontae Adams talking about the hamstring injury. Welcome back. It's a Bill Michaels huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Four different flavors, and uh, you can also uh, find out more about them uh, by simply going to BudLight.com. That's BudLight.com. Cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, strawberry flavors, only 100 calories and no lingering aftertaste. Dennis Krause from Spectrum News 1 alongside Stephanie Sutton from WISN 12 in Milwaukee here as well. Uh, And, Steph, I'll start with you. The uh, injuries we were talking about offensively, when we went to break defensively with Kirksey down and not practicing today. uh, How much faith do you have in what they have in the middle linebacking position and, and also what you saw to Ty Summers the other day?
0: Let's see. You have some faith, but you know what play that keeps standing out in my head from the Saints game is that huge Evan Kamara run, that touchdown run where nobody tackled. I don't know what they were doing. The entire defense is to blame on that um you get worried for plays like that so yeah when a guy like Kirksky, kirsky goes down that that makes you a little concerned about this packers defense and let's be honest here the saints still put up quite a few points against the packers yes of course aaron Rodgers in the offense you know got their way out of this one and they got a victory down in new orleans uh, but defensively it does make me a little concerned with christian kirksey out uh ty summers i thought he did an okay job but you know When you have Zadarius Smith, though, leading that defense and he's still healthy, that's a good thing. Obviously, the Smiths are always important in in the Packers defense, but I think they'll be okay. I mean, if you can get out of New Orleans with a victory, and yes, again, I think the Saints put up more points than I would have liked to have seen against this Packer defense and the sloppy tackling there in the third quarter is bothersome. Um, I think they'll be, well, they'll be okay, at least for sure, against the Falcons this coming Monday night.
3: Dennis, do you have faith in uh, what they have? And obviously without, I mean, hopefully Kenny Clark is back. Uh, not quite sure whether or not he he was limited today at practice, but uh, how do you, how comfortable you feel with some of the injuries that have happened on the defensive side of the football?
1: Hi, Summers had nine tuck, uh, nine tackles Sunday night, but he was one of the five that missed Alvin Kamara on that touchdown that Stephanie was talking about. So mm-hmm. um, this is not a dominant defense with Kirksey or without. Um, so, then you go, go down and say, well, how much faith do you have? How much confidence do you have? They're going to be tested on Monday night. I mean, Julio Jones apparently did more in practice on Thursday, so you assume he's going to play Monday night. He didn't play against the Bears when they had that collapse on Sunday. Um, I know On one part of my brain says this is going to be an easy win, but life is seldom like that in the NFL. It's probably going to be closer than I think.
3: Uh, does Todd Gurley – I mean, Todd Gurley has – Really not looked like Todd Gurley since just before the Rams went to the Super Bowl when everybody thought he had some type of a knee injury. Granted, Derrick Henry's got 319 yards, but Todd Gurley's just under 200 yards on the season in 49 attempts and averaging almost uh, you know five yards a carry. Does Todd Gurley scare you the way Kamara did?
1: No, because uh, we're not talking about the Todd Gurley, as you indicated, of three years ago. We're talking about a, a good player, but I don't think a dominant player. And if the Falcons, and this is my view, if the Falcons are going to come into a Lambeau and shock the Packers, it's going to be because Matt Ryan and Julio Jones have a huge game. It's not going to be because of Todd Gurley.
3: Really, uh, Stephanie, they've got Calvin Ridley, very solid receiver, obviously, uh, the first round draft choice, I think going back to 2018, Julio Jones. Julio Jones was the guy they drafted to, to counter what they, what the Packers did to him the previous year back in 2010. That's what they drafted in 2011 was because they needed more speed to keep up with the Packers, and I think they've got great wideouts, but they don't As Dennis had mentioned, this is not the Todd Gurley of three years ago. They've got Brian Hill as his backup. Keith Smith as a fullback. Their tight end is Hayden Hurst. And they they don't have a plethora of weapons the way they once did.
0: But they still have Matt Ryan. (laughs) You know, like you Mm. never know what's going to happen there. And yes, again, their offense isn't going the greatest right now, but that could turn, as Dennis mentioned, it's the NFL. Something could turn like that and they could maybe click in week four for them. Who knows? But I'm never, um, I'm always a little concerned when it's the Atlanta Falcons, uh, because they seem to have green Bay's number in big games. I should say. Now I do know, I think the Packers have actually beaten the Falcons the last few times at Lambeau field. Um, how many straight victories? I don't know, but, um, I'm I'm a, I'm more concerned about what Matt Ryan can do. And again, he's getting up there in age. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe he's definitely down on his downside. But uh you always gotta be concerned what this Atlanta Falcons offense can do because again, I keep thinking of, I know it's a couple of years back removed that NFC championship game, they just slaughtered the Packers. And I know it's an entirely different team, but it seems like they seem to step up in big games against uh Green Bay. I know it's a Monday night football game, it's early October, but that's how I feel. That is, if Matt Ryan's playing well, you never know what can happen. Yeah, Todd Gurley yeah. or not, whether he's the Todd Gurley from before and Todd Gurley now.
3: Yeah, the uh, the the offense going back to it, Dennis. Um, I, I allude to something that Aaron Rodgers had talked about in the post game, talking about rhythm and talking about familiarity and talking about how Matt was calling them into a rhythm, and he feels Matt's rhythm and vice versa. And and uh, so, as much as we can talk about the defense and what the defense needs to do. Really, the offense we know, they've had long sustained drives. They've been able to hang on to the football. They've won the time of possession almost dramatically in every game except the Saints game. That was only by about three minutes. But, uh, do you feel that this is, this is what Matt LaFleur envisioned when he took this job? And if he got on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, that regardless of what happened, as long as he was still under center, there was this level of confidence that this offense executed the way they've been doing it would sustain.
1: Yes, I, I think that we all would say that this offense in year two has been light years better than it was in year one. And if you're Matt Lafleur, when you interviewed with the Packers, you got to be thinking, "Hey, this is a sweet setup. If I get Aaron Rodgers with some with some a production still in his career, I, I want to go back to Atlanta's defense for just a moment because I think Monday night is largely a referendum on Dan Quinn, sixth year as coach." They have not been the same team since they gagged up that Super Bowl to new England. And obviously they've coughed up big leads the last two weeks. So it comes down in my mind, I'm being over simplistic here, but do the Falcons want to play for him or not? Because I can't imagine Arthur blank, the Falcons owner who's very involved and you see him on the sideline at the end of games. I can't imagine him sitting through much more of this. So, Uh, If the Falcons don't rise up and pull off an upset like Monday night, I think Dan Quinn's going to be unemployed before long. Also want to mention, I'm not saying he's going to tilt things in their favor, but just worth noting that one of the Falcons' defensive assistants is Joe Witt, who was a defensive assistant under Mike McCarthy for many years with the Packers.
3: I I was going to ask that question, Stephanie. Do you think that this is then, if by chance Atlanta loses this game, they start out 0-4, that this is then – we've seen this before. Mike McCarthy had quite a string going of coaches that uh, lost to the Packers and were fired that next week. Does this begin that string if Quinn makes it out of even Lambeau Field?
0: Huh. Uh, if they, Let's just say, I suppose if it's a close game, maybe not. But, yeah, if they get handled by the Packers, I think Dan Quinn – I mean, very possible the next day – heck remember with mike mccarthy i will never forget that day within hours of the packers losing he gets fired and that very well could happen to quinn if he gets slaughtered by the packers on monday night and even if they lose closely because i think the atlanta falcons dennis mentioned the owner they're expecting this team to perform much better than they've been performing um it's interesting to see what would happen but the best move is what the Packers did a few years ago. I know Mike McCarthy didn't like it, but look at Mike McCarthy now. Now he bounced back and he got a head job with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. But the Packers did what they had to do. They got a Matt LaFleur. I'm just wondering if you guys, are you guys as surprised as I am that Matt LaFleur, who, by the way, is only a couple years older than Aaron Rodgers, has done so well with this team so quickly? And not just last year, proving last year wasn't a fluke, Obviously they're 3 and 0. It's no fluke. I mean, the guy knows how to coach. He obviously gets along with his quarterback. There's something going on with the offense. He's calling the plays. He knows what he's doing. I'm surprised by what he's doing, but I think a lot of other NFL teams are watching what Green Bay did and how they handled the Mike McCarthy situation, and yeah, Dan Quinn, if, I, if I'm him, I'm really nervous right now, especially if they lose on Monday night.
3: Let's do this. I Actually, want to pick up I want to pick up on that. Dennis, hang on to your thought because we're a couple minutes late, but I, I do want to get back into this because I think it's a very uh, compelling uh, discussion about Matt LaFleur and uh, the hiring of Matt LaFleur. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll discuss further Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers, the choice of head coach and such. Uh, it's the Bill Michael Seltzer presented by Bud Light Seltzer. We'll be back right after this.
2: You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
0: It's always only a couple plays here or there that can really alter the outcome of the game. And we know this. We're going to have a, a very hungry Atlanta Falcon team coming in here that, no doubt about it, should be 2-1 and right now. And they're not, but that's life in this league. It's just every game comes down to just a couple plays here and there that can really change the outcome.
3: Matt LaFleur, the 19th NFL head coach, the first since Jim Harbaugh back in 2011 to win at least seven of his first eight games, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. Also, he joined Harbaugh and Don Coriel as the only head coaches since the merger back in 1970 to win each of their first two games, both of those games, against divisional opponents. He is still undefeated in the nfc north welcome back to the bill michaels huddle it's brought to you by our friends at bud light seltzer dennis krause from spectrum news one here. stephanie sutton from wisn 12 in milwaukee and uh unbelievable stats uh coming from elias dennis and i want you to kind of follow up on what you were saying about matt lafleur and uh and what he's got going on the culture he's built the play calling and such and what he's doing right now because it's certainly been impressive
1: He's the first Packers coach ever to go three and own his first two seasons as coach. So that tells you something right there. I think uh, what's going on right now with the offense flourishing is a combination of Lafleur's cutting edge offensive ideas and his humility. Uh, And you pair that with, I think, let's give Aaron Rodgers some credit here for professionalism. We didn't know if he was going to be sulking about the Jordan love draft pick or whatever. He's been fantastic this season uh, and his attitude too. So I think they've got a good mix, or as Rodgers would say, a good flow right now. He's in a good headspace, and uh, everybody's enjoying it.
3: I I wanted to ask, and I'll start with you, Stephanie, here. So with the pick, and at the time it was, I'm not going to say controversial, but it was a lot of people didn't know a lot about Matt LaFleur. There was rumors about Tennessee, whether or not he was going to keep his job even there. And then, the you know, the, the brain trust says, look, we slept on it, but we knew we had the guy from day one. And when people were questioning it, do it, hindsight being what it is, do people look back now and do they kind of owe Mark Murphy an apology?
0: I don't know about an apology, um, but I mean, how things sort of have unfolded because Aaron Rodgers, of course, is still their quarterback for now. And he's having such a good start. I, you know, I, you look back to that time. It, let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers even said too, like, Whoa, what do you mean you didn't pick a wide receiver? You went with another quarterback. It's, I think it's every person's fear as we grow older, like uh, we're going to be replaced and we're going to be replaced by someone 20 years younger, which is, you know, almost a the situation there, but I love how Aaron Rodgers kind of kept his cool. And you got to respect the fact that it sounded like he called Jordan Love that night either, or maybe the next day they spoke. And it also sounds like him and Matt LaFleur, you know, while the rest of us, maybe the media was like, you know, speculating what might be going on there, how upset or frustrated he might be after picking a quarterback in the first round that him and Matt LaFleur it really seems like the relationship is super strong right now, maybe even stronger since they made that pick. And I think Aaron is so smart. He kind of understands the business, the way the NFL goes, that, yeah, maybe he's not going to finish his career here. But in the meantime, they still want to win. You know, he still might want to win. And let's just say they do want They go on to win the Super Bowl this year or next year, and maybe he does, um, you know, perhaps, you know, who knows, maybe Jordan loves traded down the road. You never even know. But Aaron is – Definitely handling himself great this season, in the offseason, and the season with what happened there um, by getting a quarterback. And I think I love that you hear from Jordan Love that in practices, you know, he's helping him. It didn't sound like Brett Favre was helping Aaron Rodgers too much in the beginning there. Because Brett Favre knew what was up and Aaron knows what's up. But I love and respect the fact that He seems to be helping Love (laughs) along, and uh, he's learning the ropes. uh, You're learning from a future Hall of Famer, kind of like Aaron learned from Brett Favre. I mean, Jordan Love is in a really good spot right now. Obviously, we're not seeing him on the field, but um, I I like how this has kind of gone, how it's unfolded.
3: Dennis, uh, when she talks about, well, you know, Rogers had to kind of learn just by following Brett Favre. Maybe Aaron has looked at this as, hey, until you unseat me, this is my throne. I'm not fighting for it. I'm just going to show you that here's what here's what I have to offer. If he, I mean, right now he's only had two sacks to his name, six hurries. One of the sacks he admits on uh, on Sunday was his fault, not the offensive line fault. If they can keep him clean and keep him playing like this and getting rid of the football relatively fast, right now he's one of the top 5 in all of football according to Pro Football Focus for release. This guy, Gary Ellison, I know on your program, Dennis, talked about this guy could play for another five years and be at this quality level for another five years. So why would you even think about giving up on Aaron Rodgers at any point in time? Right now, it's his job to lose. Wouldn't you say that?
1: Absolutely. I I would say three things. Uh, I think that the selection of Jordan Love, if for no other reason than this, um, it sent a message to Aaron Rodgers that as great as you are, you're not running the franchise. And Stephanie made the point of, you know, maybe Jordan Love gets traded and people might roll their eyes. She's exactly right. Look at what happened in new England. They drafted Garoppolo to be Brady's successor. Well, Brady still had success. Garoppolo gets traded. He's in San Francisco. I would say this, and I'm, I'm talking to myself as much as anybody, everybody's throwing bouquets around now and you're three and O about the relationship. And, and I agree with it. Um, but Let's wait until they hit some adversity, which they will. It's a long season. Uh, everything's great when you're 3-0, and you're riding high, you're scoring points. Let's see how things shake out after a tough loss or two.
3: Um, getting word, uh, and I don't know if you have seen this or not, Adam Schefter reporting Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard underwent core muscle surgery. He's out indefinitely. Uh, he's coming off the best game of his NFL career, six catches, 146 yards against the Saints, but he is now out indefinitely uh and so he is not being examined he has apparently has already had this core muscle surgery so uh and that's just breaking news by the way breaking news on the network brought to you by our friends uh, over there at Pennzoil with made with natural gas the proof proof is in the penzoil uh so he's it, stephanie it looks like alan lazard's gonna be out for some time and all the things that we were talking about about guys needing to step up spreading the ball around and you're really going to find out how much more absorption of getting rid of the ball quickly and trusting the guys around him. You're going to see from Aaron Rodgers now.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, it's funny how things break or, or whatever. And I guess it's not unexpected because we knew he was going to have, it sounded like he was having surgery, that, but this whole core thing. I don't know. I don't know much about uh surgeon and how long he'll be out, but yeah, that, that, is concerning, I would think, for Aaron Rodgers. Again, uh, that would mean wouldn't you really want Devonte to play on Monday night now, knowing that Lazard obviously is going to be gone for a while. MVS um, really needs to step up. The Darius Shepherds of the world really needs to step up. The tight ends need to step up. But you know what I, I, I still love about Aaron Jones? He's also... <laughs> Sort of one of their receipt, you know, you can always go to Aaron Jones in the air. And I love that about him. It's not just his running game. He, you can go, you know, so I don't think Aaron Rodgers is sweating too much. This is definitely um, a kink. It's it's not a good thing for the Packers to lose Alan Lazard for as long or out indefinitely. But I think they'll find a way to bounce around it. And who knows, maybe they'll pick someone, you know, take someone off the practice squad. Maybe they'll pick someone up. I don't know. But um, I'm not too worried just yet, especially the fact that they're playing the Falcons on Monday night.
3: Dennis let me ask you this becomes now a really big question because if Devontae Adams is not 100 percent I don't think you risk that type of an injury getting worse because we all know if he pulls it again he's going to be out anywhere from three to six weeks because it just becomes that much more uh difficult to come back from this you would really have to expect him to be 100 percent to play on Monday night wouldn't you
1: yeah it's it's uh first of all it's terrible news for Alan Lazard and I know you guys have talked to him as well. He's just such a likable guy, undrafted out of Iowa State, gets cut, works his way back. I mean, and then he has the big game Sunday night, and right after that, now this. So I I feel badly on a human level for him. Bill, more directly to your question, I don't think you can rush Devontae Adams back just because of what's going on with Lazard, because that might just compound the issue. Uh, You have to make sure he's right. And it could be, I don't know this, but it could be that you just have to weather the storm Monday night and find a creative way to win that game and then regroup with the bye.
3: It has been interesting to watch this team without some of its stars. It seems like guys have stepped up. Now you just look for another set of guys to step up. Come Monday night. Dennis Krause from Spectrum News One, Stephanie Sutton, WISN 12 in Milwaukee. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. One unheralded group needs to be recognized. We'll talk about it. Coming up next on the Bill Michaels Huddle.
2: Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: Have you spoken with Arthur following the game, Dan? And how concerned are you about your job status following these two weeks? We visit every week, pregame, postgame, Mondays through the week. Anytime, Zach, honestly, that I take away from that is time that all I can do um, is being in front of the team. I said, uh, I need to be the same guy on our best days and our worst days and stand tall for them and bring the energy and the coaching and the focus that we need to go win. Anything past that does not help the team.
3: There you go, Dan Quinn, and uh, whether or not he's going to be around for some time or not, the head coach of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons talking about being on the hot seat. Welcome back to Bill Michaels Huddle, and it's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Go to BudLight.com, Dennis Krause, Spectrum News 1, Stephanie Sutton, WISN 12 in Milwaukee on hand. And at the news breaking just a, a few moments ago, Adam Schefter reporting that Alan Lazard has indeed had core muscle surgery, and he's going to be out indefinitely. Uh, but one of, the, one of the groups, Stephanie, I'll start with you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has only taken two sacks. Uh, one of those sacks he blames on himself. He's only been pressured six other times so far in three games this season. Uh, I'm almost in awe with losing Brian Balaga and the fact that they had injuries and had to bring in Runyon and you brought just it kind of moved guys around and Elton Jenkins. I'm I'm in awe that this offensive line has performed the way they have. And if they continue to give him time to throw and Aaron can move in the pocket, uh, I don't like you said. I don't care who you put out there. I think he's going to make a game of it. I think it's going to be a pretty solid offense.
0: I should say this, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, it is nice to have David Bakhtiari on your line. Um, It is nice to have Corey Lindsley has been playing well, too. You're right. The O-line as a whole, you know, they're the unheralded guys. You never hear much about them. We never really talk to them after games or before games. Usually it's not too much. It's always the quarterback and the wide receivers and probably the the Smiths we'll talk to. But um, yeah, they, they don't get a lot of attention and they're doing a solid job, whether it's Um, you know, holding for or, you know, guarding for Aaron Rodgers or, you know, making sure that Aaron Jones has some space to run the ball. They're doing a good job. But again, that that goes to someone like David Bakhtiari, who's one of your leaders on defense and one of the best at his position in the entire league. You got to feel confident about this offensive line. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got to feel very comfortable. And it does seem like a lot of times he's got a lot of time back there. Like he's got time to, you know, either hold the ball or run. Aaron Rodgers has to be happy with the guys in front of him.
3: So Dennis, uh, going back to her comment, do you pay the man? Do you pay David Bakhtiari, who said, if they want me, they'll figure out a way to keep me?
1: Yes, Uh, I I agree with her assessment that he is so valuable. I would also throw out the name of Elton Jenkins, who's been such a a stalwart, too, on the offensive line. I think he is, even in year two, has become a mainstay. But uh, taking nothing away from Aaron Jones and his unique talents, and I hope they sign him, too. But David Bakhtiari is so important to what they're doing. And if you don't protect Aaron Rodgers' blind side, uh, you have an issue. And I think we've all taken him for granted because he's been so good in recent years. But And it's going to take a big check. I mean, I'm not kidding anybody because we see what left tackles get around the NFL. But I do think you need to pay David Bakhtiari.
3: Stephanie, he said, look, if you want to keep me, you'll find a way to – uh, does he come down on price at all, knowing this is probably his last big contract? Does he come down in price at all to stay in Green Bay? Or do you think that since this is probably his last big deal, he's going to say, go figure it out if you want to keep me?
0: Ooh, Well, I'm not in the head of David Bakhtiari. Um, and let's be honest, the careers of NFL players aren't usually very long I don't want to say you're, it's all about me and not the team, but he's going to ask, as Dennis says, he's going to ask for top dollar. And I would think the Packers would definitely try and work with him. Now, with that being said, you know, you are with a really good team. Why, why would you really want to go elsewhere except for Bakhtiari? He's from the Bay Area. You know, maybe you want to go out to play with the 49ers or one of the teams out there. But um, I I would think they would have to give him – I don't want to say give him what he wants, but I hope – The Packers know, as Dennis said, how important the left tackle. I mean, just he's so good at his position and he does make Aaron Rodgers shine and he does protect his blind side. So, why wouldn't you give that guy who's done that for so long or, you know, so well for so many years, the last few years, um, the payday that he deserves? But it's as if, you know, do the Packers have that kind of money? Can they do that?
3: You know, Dennis, if I'm David Bakhtiari, I'm probably on the phone. I'm calling up TJ Lang and Josh Sitton and Tony Maul and all these other guys that have gone off to other areas for more money and probably say, was it worth it or would you have taken less to stay? I mean, because you look at their careers and they were pretty much done. I mean, granted, the reason they got rid of them was because they were getting banged up anyway and they were coming to the end of their careers. But do you think he makes that phone call or do you think it's just between him and an agent and just to say, okay, uh, let's just see what we can get and, and maybe the grass isn't greener, maybe we stay in uh, in Green Bay for a little bit less money? Or is that wishful well, thinking? I, I, think,
1: I think he's well aware of that situation that you just pointed out about some of his former teammates because he's still friends with them. But I like all those guys you mentioned, but David Bakhtiari is much better than any of them. And so to think that he's going to somehow take a, a cheap contract to stay in Green Bay out of some loyalty, I think, is is unrealistic. I, I think he's going to want every penny he's got coming, and I can't say I blame him. He
2: do you think he would do- put those- –
3: no I was just gonna say do you think he would rather stay in a winning organization as opposed to I mean it would have to be the right deal for the right amount of money for him to go but those guys went to organizations that weren't winning and they just kind of toiled away in anonymity until their careers just came to an end I don't know if David Bakhtiari necessarily wants to do that Stephanie
0: you know what this reminds me of Charles Barkley just talked about Giannis the other day and he said the thing about Giannis and I'm not comparing David Bakhtiari to Giannis but you know they're both very valuable to their teams Giannis doesn't he wants to win with the Bucks. And I think Davy Bakhtiari, maybe in the back of his head, would be like, you know, the team that drafted him, he wants to win with the Packers. Now, with that being said, he doesn't have Giannis type money to begin with right now. So I, you know, there's loyalty and there's also um, you know, what's realistic. What I do think is interesting is Dennis said, he mentioned some of like Tony Mall and some of the other guys that had left. Um, David Bakhtiari is on a different level. I mean, during the NFC Championship week, I was out in the Bay Area. I went to his high school, Sarah High School in the Bay Area. I talked to his high school coach. On that wall, this is how big David Bakhtiari is. You got David Bakhtiari, you got Tom Brady, and you got Lynn Swan. All three of those guys went to the same school, and their faces are posted right there on the field. And that says something about David Bakhtiari and how big of a guy he is and how valuable that guy is to any team.
3: Let's do this one hour down, one hour yet to go. We'll take a look. Uh, we'll continue this discussion. We'll talk more Green Bay Packers. Also, try to take a look around the rest of the NFL. Make some picks when we come back. It's the Bill Michaels Hunnel presented by uh, our good friends over there at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Brewed with a unique five-step filtration process that ensures a cleaner finish and no lingering aftertaste. Cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry flavors. Go to BudLight.com. One hour down, one hour yet to go. Stay tuned. we got more after this.
2: station strong the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network in 49 other states football is just a game but this is Wisconsin the Green Bay
1: Packers have won the Super Bowl the Lombardi Trophy is coming
2: home Wisconsin fans demand the best the best analysis The best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels huddle.
3: Welcome, hour number two of the Bill Michaels Huddle, presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. We are glad to be with you tonight. Uh, Dennis Krause from Spectrum News One alongside Stephanie Sutton from WISN 12 in Milwaukee. Here tonight as well, talking Packers at the bottom of the hour, start to roll through the rest of the NFL and start to make some picks for week four in the NFL leading up to the Monday night contest between the Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons' win list coming into this contest and the Packers yet to receive a blemish in the loss column. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, we were talking about the offensive line. And uh, and Dennis, I'll come back to you. Uh, the, the offensive line has played unbelievably well. You'd mentioned Elton Jenkins, who has played well. Corey Lindsley who has played well runyon came in stepped up and really didn't miss a beat uh billy turner has played well it's a shame that lane taylor went down with an injury, injury but uh when we go back and looked at the drafting and you look at the ability to pick up uh you know kind of a veteran free agent here or there um how well is brian Gutekunst done because some of the areas people can criticize Gutekunst for but for the offensive line you look at it and think you know what there's a knack there for finding these offensive linemen and the ability to protect aaron Rodgers. is dennis there
1: yeah, I'm sorry, I was muted there. There we uh, go. I think that I think Brian Gutekunst deserves some credit for that. I also think, and I'm not trying to start a big controversy here, but Ted Thompson drafted David Bakhtiari. So, um, you know, for all those people that thought that he didn't do anything right the last several years of his tenure, you got to throw him that he found, if not the best, one of the premier left tackles in the game in the fourth round. That's pretty good. Um, so, uh,
3: extremely good. Yes.
1: So I I think I'm, I'm probably being a little cutting this down too narrowly, but I think years from now when we judge Brian Gutekunst, I think Jordan Love is going to have a lot to say with that verdict in that whether you use him eventually in a trade or whether he does eventually succeed Aaron Rodgers, I think that pick is going to loom large in Brian Gutekunst's legacy.
3: Stephanie, let me ask you this. Let's just say that Aaron Rodgers plays incredibly well. They do not get to a championship this year, and obviously we're seeing now the ramifications of some injuries in the wide receiving department. Or you talk about a middle linebacker. I mean, we I, Patrick Queen was there, and Patrick Queen is one of the top tacklers in the National Football League right now playing for the Baltimore Ravens, who I thought that's who they were jumping up to get. If Jordan Love gets traded away and the Packers have not won a championship and have not gotten better at linebacker, have not added depth at the wide receiver position, then is even though you may get pieces in return, is it too little too late? And then is the Jordan Love pick ultimately considered a bust?
0: Wow, that's a load full because obviously it's hypothetical. Um, you know, let's think about Aaron Rodgers. When he was drafted in 2005, what, he had to wait three years before – You know that crazy summer happened in two thousand and eight. You know Favre is gone. He comes in. You know he had to sit out for a while. So I think no matter what happens in the situation, it's you know if Aaron's playing at the level that he's playing right now, I don't think Aaron's going anywhere. I think they're going to keep Aaron. They're going to you know hopefully hope that Jordan Love learns from him and maybe eventually would take over. But you know that goes with the fact that who knows what's going to happen down the line. Maybe they. Aaron's playing too well and you, you know, you have to get rid of Jordan love or something else, but yeah, I I know what you're saying. Like they could have gotten a really good defensive player and they went with that quarterback in the first round. This is this Jordan love. I think as Dennis said, you know, Ted Thompson doesn't get enough credit. Let's be honest here. He also drafted Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari. He's had to, you know, he made, he picked up Charles Woodson you know, in free agency. So Ted Thompson did make some great moves. As for Brian Gudekunst. I think we're not going to know for a couple of years about this Jordan Love pick, if it's a fail or a bust. But if Jordan Love doesn't play, I, you know, in the next three years, but then again, what does that mean for Aaron Rodgers? Then, then yeah, you're like, why, why did they do that in the first round? Um, but again, I, I do like the fact that if you pick them, that it might light a fire under Aaron Rodgers to be like, okay, this team is serious. Like, I don't rule the roost here. The the Packers run the team, and i got to do my job, and i got to do it better. But um, I don't think we're going to know for a while if that's going to be a bust or not. But, yeah, indeed, if uh, Jordan Love doesn't pan out and they trade him, that is a total bust in the first round.
3: Even if he pans out, Dennis, and they decide to stay with Aaron Rodgers down the road, you look at not only did you – I don't want to say waste that pick, but you you went in a different direction. You didn't add anything to help you now. And in addition to that, you traded away a pick to get him. Doesn't that then diminish mightily? And as you had said, that Brian Gutekinds is going to be attached to Jordan Love for now or until he produces or doesn't produce. Doesn't that weigh in mightily as to whether or not you believe that's a good or a bad pick for this particular year, and the th- and the fact that they they are now thin at wide receiver and obviously at the at the linebacking core?
1: I don't think it's ever going to be viewed as a good pick for this year. Uh, the question is, does Jordan Love become a mini me Patrick Mahomes in five years, and then you you're set at quarterback for the next decade? Then this year will be just something you had to. Uh, to go through in order to get to that place. I think too, one of the ways you judge a general manager is them making the unemotional decisions to let established players go here. Mike Daniels, who's barely hanging on and Clay Matthews who's still not playing both very popular Packers, both times when Gutekunst released those guys or let them go they were second guessing oh did he let them go too quick well I think we can look back on it now and say that he knew what he was doing because there wasn't exactly a long line for those guys services so as as effective as they were in Green Bay he said goodbye at the right time which to me is one of the most important things a general manager can do.
3: Uh, Ted was always pretty good at that of saying uh, we'll let somebody go at either a year too soon or right about the time that he figured out their career was beginning to decline. That's one of the things you can't you can't fault Ted for. I thought he was Sometimes he held on to a guy a little bit too long, but Uh, That was usually a draft pick that he thought was going to pan out, but no, I I completely agree with you. Uh, More so into this game and looking at what's upcoming, uh, Stephanie, on the docket for the Atlanta Falcons, um, and I know you're very confident in the fact that the Packers are going to get a win on Monday night, go to 4-0. The Packers have been unbelievably good in the month of October, as a matter of fact. Uh, You go back uh, to 2008. They've been the second-best team in the NFC and one of the top teams in the entire NFL when it comes to playing in the month of October. What is it about October that you could put your your finger on is it just schedule or is it just the fact that Aaron Rodgers and this offense tends to really start flowing after the first three or four games of the season traditionally under Mike McCarthy it started out a little bit slow but under Matt LaFleur obviously it's been it's been full throttle as they say you know gas to the to the floor gas pedal to the floor in this thing so explain October why they've been so good can you?
0: I don't know if you explain it, but uh, it was definitely a September to remember. And I guess we're going to see how they do now in October. You know, I should plug real quick. Uh, The game on Monday Night Football is on WISN 12, so i got to put a little plug in there. And real quick, we do have an hour-long pregame show beforehand from uh, 6.15 to 7.15. Could kickoff is on Monday Night on WISN at 7.15. Yes, I know you can watch it on ESPN, but why not watch local while you can, you know? Uh, support you your local television stations. Um you And know, I also you- have... Bill, you'll be thrilled to know I interviewed Leroy Butler at his home. So um, that's something to watch for. He's he's quite interesting when it comes to his passion for food. So that, Mm -hmm. again, will be on Monday night. But, you know, why they've had success in October, I don't know. I mean, there was a time where – if the temperature was so-and-so in December, I mean, they, they, they never lost or I still remember that with Brett Favre, you know, anything below 30 degrees. He's like, it's not like he goes, Ooh, you know, I, 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 fear who's ever going to face up if the temperature is below 30, but I can't explain the success they've had. I just, for whatever reason, Rogers in this offense is flowing. The defense seems to be playing well. And again, you're going against this coming Monday against an Atlanta Falcons team. Who's had, Two major collapses so far uh, defensively. I mean, they've had huge le- So even if the Falcons come off to a big start, Matt Ryan, on Monday night, I kind of feel like the Packers are still going to come back in this one and win this one. Um, and I think they'll they'll probably have a successful October. I say they win Monday night, then you got the bye week, and then you move forward. But um, I can't explain the success in October. It's just that this team just last year, this year, seems to be gelling really well.
3: Dennis, do you believe Marquez Valdez-Scanley has it in him to be that breakout guy? Don't know
1: yet. Uh, I, I think we've all seen the drops, but you know, Devonte Adams had some drops early in his career too. Jordy Nelson had a drop in Buffalo that probably cost the Packers home field advantage in the NFC Championship game. They ended up going to Seattle, and we know what happened there. Wide receivers drop footballs. Sportscasters make mistakes. Um, so no, we don't. I don't know what I don't know what MVS <laughs> is going to be, <laughs> but I, I think that it's too early to write them off. And it's too early to say that he's going to be a star. I think it's up to him. He's he's got to be a consistent playmaker. And if Monday night they show up at Lambeau and they don't have either Adams or Lazard, he had better be.
3: Uh, That's what I was going to point at. uh, And Stephanie, when you look at uh, Marquez Vadas scaling, we all know he has unbelievable speed. Uh, it's just whether or not he short arms passes. I mean, that's the number one thing for him is whether or not he actually hauls them in as opposed to either short arming them or taking his eye off the ball. We've seen Jay Sternberger do that as well and get the, get the nod, get that finger point, get that slap on the butt from Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers the kinder, gentler, more loving and, and such, uh, and his new wisdom? Uh, is that Aaron Rodgers? Elevating is do you believe he's capable of really elevating a guy like Marquez Valdez Scantling when they need him the most?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. It's Aaron Rodgers, he seems to elevate everyone's game. Everyone, every wide receiver that's played with him seems to because think about the wide, you know, wide receivers that have played at Green Bay and have gone elsewhere that they just don't seem to have the success that the, you've had with Aaron Rodgers. And you know, as Aaron Rodgers gets older in this league, and you know, he obviously is already a, a brilliant guy and has a lot of wisdom, I think he. Maybe he has a little more patience with some of his wide receivers. And he also knows, like you know, the, Devontae Adams was hurt this past week. Um, now you, Alan Lazard is going to be out for a while. That he's going to have to have some patience. And what I do love about MVS, that guy, I mean, Dennis knows too With um, in the locker room, he's just, he's a brilliant guy. He's very well-spoken and he's just a smart guy. Just, I think, you know, every now and then he makes a great play and every now and then he drops a pass. Um, I, I'm not, again, I'm not too worried. I think Aaron Rodgers can work with whoever he, he needs to work with when it comes to his receivers and wideouts.
3: Let's do this. We'll t- step away, take a quick break, and come back. I want to talk about the pass rush a little bit. Uh, the fact that the numbers aren't what they were from last year and the reasoning as to why, because I think we get too caught up in the numbers, and many people do, and I want to get into the explanations as to why. So when we come back, we'll talk about the pass rush. It's a Bill Michaels Huddle presented by our good friends over there at Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, strawberry flavors. Go to BudLight.com for all the information. Got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up right after this.
2: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: synced up nature where I can anticipate what the calls are going to be and I think that's that's when when we're in flow in our flow state from uh, quarterback and play caller I felt like the calls that he was coming in I could anticipate or finish them very quickly um, and expect them at certain times in the game especially situationally I just thought it was uh, a really good balance of repeating calls that, that we'd like to repeat and then being aggressive
3: those are the words of Aaron Rodgers in talking about uh, liking the aggressiveness out of Matt LaFleur, the fact that they're in a rhythm, they're in sync, and all the other adjectives that have been used so often to describe the relationship, uh, at least on the field, between these two. Uh, called him Matty the other day. I know uh, I heard that in one of his uh, pressers. Uh, it certainly seems like Aaron Rodgers is very much in sync with the play caller and the head coach. Matt LaFleur, welcome back to the Bill Michaels Huddle. Dennis Krause, Spectrum News 1 alongside Stephanie Sutton. WISN 12 out of Milwaukee and uh, Dennis I'll start with you this time Uh, defensively speaking though the numbers the sack numbers the pressure numbers uh, they're down and we were we're looking for Preston and Zedaria Smith to be the same sack machine that they were last year obviously Kenny Clark being out has something to do with that not being able to have the same presence in the uh, in the trenches but one of the things that I've noticed has been teams are getting rid of the ball much quicker they did have success against Kirk Cousins in that first game but teams have adapted they looked at the packers and said look you've got about three and a half seconds and this thing's going to collapse on you so i didn't expect the numbers to be the same as what they were last year did you
1: no and you know and i'm not saying sacks are overrated that wasn't a sack but it was still i think a game turning play and i think if you're going to be a defense that gives up points and yards and most most defenses in the nfl do that these days then you've got to make the few plays a game the turnovers the sacks, whatever they are, that help change a game's direction. And I think the Packers' defense has done that. The The Sullivan pick six, uh, the Smith causing the fumble that I just talked about. Those, Jair Alexander as
3: well, yeah. Have,
1: yeah, it, it, those plays in the first three weeks of the season have helped you get to 3-0.
3: Stephanie, do you think that the Packers have to have a turnover or that big moment defensively or to win? Or do you think this team is just capable of just exploding and just outscoring teams? Because it seems to me that they, they, they play extremely well offensively. They get that lead or they come back and grab the momentum. And just when you think the other team is starting to grab that momentum and start to take it back on that one drive that can really make you kind of, kind of swallow hard all of a sudden the defense comes out with a big play or they are get they get very fortunate one of the two
0: i was going to say Shandon sullivan too he's obviously come up with the big interception for the packers uh, this season um it, yeah it seems like it sort of goes back and forth but they, they seem to come up with the plays at the right time i know uh, dennis mentions Darius smith and obviously jair alexander is someone you like to watch and defensively he does his job um, and I do agree with Dennis too. The sacks aren't uh, the be all and end all. I think they have eight, maybe total team sacks so far. I mean, we're going into week four, maybe you would think uh, the Smiths might have more by now. And maybe uh, Smith uh, is various. I think only has two. I don't even think Preston has more than a half a sack right now. Um, you know, he's maybe not playing where they were last year, but I think you, Bill, you kind of hit it on the head. Teams know this defense as well. And they know that you only have so long to get rid of that ball. So you have three and a half seconds to get rid of it. Therefore, perhaps those defensive stats aren't as high as they are. But, you know, even in New Orleans, um, they, they still, even though they gave up as many points as they did, given, given up those 30 um, points, they still, you know, perform. Because the Packers offense is doing so well. And Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned turnovers, um, you know, the dirt turnovers for the defense are trying to create turnovers offensively. When, you, when your offense isn't turning the ball over at all, uh, yeah, you're probably going to go on and win these games. So the defense, I think, is doing their job to a point. I think teams have slightly figured them out a little bit, but as long as you got Aaron Rodgers on your offense, I think the defense uh, they'll be, they'll be fine.
3: Hey Dennis, uh, Aaron had said he went back to 2011 and looked at something that he noticed. Um, now, he didn't allude as to what it is, but i, I got to think that there was two things. One, I've seen him more stable with his feet underneath him, but number two is getting in and out of the huddle and getting rid of the football. It's one read and finding your open guy and getting rid of it and not allowing that pass rush to get in your face, letting your guys do what they do after they've caught the ball. Now, granted, he had different receivers. He had Greg, and he had Jordy, and he had he had Donald, and he had James, and you can go through that list, so it's not the same, but... On the other hand, he got rid of the football and let the wide receivers do the work. He didn't have to worry about constantly throwing downfield, which then opened up things downfield. Is that what you believe that maybe he saw?
1: Yeah, I think you put it pretty well there. If I had to guess, it's it's one of those two things, if not both. And, and I don't mean to sound all touchy-feely here, but I'm, I'm just making an observation. To me, Aaron Rodgers seems to be enjoying himself more this season than maybe any other season I can remember watching him as Packers quarterback. And I know winning is part of that, but he just seems to be at a place in his career and his life. And maybe the Jordan love draft pick caused some of this where he, he really stopped and took a breath and looked around and said, you know, I have a pretty good here. It's been a good situation. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm just going to enjoy what's left of it. And I love the attitude he's had toward his teammates, toward his coaching staff, and that's all well and good, but he's also producing at an extraordinary level.
3: Let's do this. We'll step away because when we come back, we'll start uh, looking at the first half of games that are upcoming this weekend as the uh, the NFL goes into week four. We do have a postponement to discuss as well. We have not touched on the COVID situation in Tennessee. Uh, we'll get into all of that when we come back. Dennis Krause, Spectrum News 1, Stephanie Sutton, WISN 12 in Milwaukee. I'm Bill Michaels. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up next. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels
2: Sports Talk Network.
3: We just needed to get into that first first down, and uh, we just we we weren't able to do it. And um, you know, it's a credit to them. I mean, Chicago played well uh, in that fourth quarter; they did a nice job. But we've got to find a way to get it done. Matt Ryan. On the Falcons' previous loss to the Bears, uh, they fell to the Bears. Uh, they fell to the Cowboys in ugly fashion. And they, they're just a team that can't seem to They get a lead. They just can't hang on to a lead. It's been problematic for them. And the Packers play them coming up on Monday Night Football. Dennis Krause, Spectrum News 1. Stephanie Sutton, WISN 12 in Milwaukee. I'm Bill Michaels. Start to roll around the rest of the National Football League. A game that just got underway uh, the Jets and the Broncos winless, both 0 and 3 coming into this contest in the Meadowlands. Uh, how bad do you have to be to, uh, be f- given a point by the Jets, for God's sakes? The Jets are favored by a point in this contest, but the Broncos come in as the underdogs. The Jets are on the board, board early, 7 to nothing. Dennis, I'll start with you. Who you got in this one?
1: don't care, Bill, although I, I, would, I would say this. It, it's really a testament to how I feel about you that I'm on this show instead of watching Broncos-Jets right now.
3: I, I completely love you for it, too, Dennis, like a third cousin. <laughs> uh,
1: I would give a slight edge to the Broncos, who I believe are, are uh, starting their eighth-string quarterback.
3: Okay. <laughs> Stephanie, who you got? Yeah,
0: I'm kind of with – Dennis, I don't care about this game at all. Let's go with Broncos. Yeah, that's what he said. Ditto.
3: Okay. Uh, well, well, they were all three in the same corner, and the Broncos, I think, got a win. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, 2-1, and one, taking on the Panthers at 1-2, and two, and up and coming Teddy Bridgewater trying to get himself uh, through the murky waters that is the Carolina rebuild. Uh, but the Cardinals are going on the road. They're going uh, from west to east, which never bodes well. Uh, Stephanie, I'll go back to you. Who you got?
0: Ah. <sighs> A road team, let's see. Yeah, no, you, you know why not. Yeah, I know you're 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 going on the road, but I, I I say the Cardinals can pull this one out. Dennis,
1: I'm going with the Cardinals. I was really disappointed with them losing at home to the Lions, but I don't think Carolina has much, so it's more about Carolina than Arizona. Why I'm
3: picking the Cardinals? The undefeated Chicago Bears are at home against the two and one uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, The Bears have now made the change at quarterback. Dennis, who you got in this contest and why? Uh,
1: I'm going to go with the Bears just by a nose because they're at home, and I do think there is a bump uh, with Nick Foles. I'm not saying it's going to last all season long, but I do think there's a a little uh, adrenaline kick that goes in. I watched some of that game uh, last week, the Falcons-Bears game, when Trubisky was in there, and he was – making the same mistakes he's made since he was a rookie, Uh, a guy that was drafted ahead of Mahomes, drafted ahead of Watson. So I think Matt Nagy made the right call, probably a difficult call because the general manager basically staked his reputation on the Trubisky deal, but I think it was the right move. And I think the Bears with Foles, I'm not saying Foles is dynamic, I just think that he's more capable of winning games than Trubisky. Stephanie?
3: Stephanie?
0: Yeah, I would definitely pick the Bears in this one. I think they're obviously hot like the Packers are right now. And, um, yeah, Trubisky's probably not thrilled that he got benched for Nick Foles, but Nick Foles did throw three second-half touchdowns last week and came back in that game to make them 3-0. and So I don't know how you don't go with the Bears right now over the Colts, especially knowing that the Bears are at home.
3: Not to mention, the Bears have a pretty good defense. You give them any offense at all, I I, I agree with you. I'm a believer in uh, what Chicago, if, if indeed Nick Foles, can give them anything offensively that they're going to be a team to reckon with. Meanwhile, the Jaguars, 1-2 and two on the road going into Cincinnati, who is 0-2-1. They battled with Philadelphia for anonymity last weekend. And uh, I do like Joe Burrow and what he's brought to the table. I just don't know if they have enough or if their head coach, who uh, seems to be on the hot seat already, I don't know if they have enough to get over the top. Uh, I'll go back to you, Stephanie. Who you got in this contest? Uh, Dennis, who you got?
1: <laughs> well, I guess she doesn't want to make a pick. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I, I think they should have beaten the Eagles. Uh I'm a a Minshew believer, if for no other reason, the the facial hair, but I'm going with the Bengals in this one.
0: Okay, listen, I I unmuted my mic now. Now I get it. Uh, I said, and it's very simple and silly, my husband's from Jacksonville, Florida, so I always go with the Jaguars, whoever they're playing, unless they're playing the Packers or something like that.
3: Yeah, Cincinnati to me has always been like, I'm from there, and I know they suck. I can just go through Kajana Carter falling off of a treadmill while eating a Twinkie and tearing up his knee and pretty much ending his career. I can never pick them, so I'm going to go with Jacksonville (laughs) in this one as well. (laughs) Uh, and that's the truth uh you got the cowboys at home mike mccarthy's team they have uh they have dealt with heartbreak a couple of times now one and two on the season taking on the two and one cleveland browns uh stephanie i'll come back to you this time and you tell me who you got in this contest
0: i don't see mccarthy losing this one at home i just don't i mean yeah they're not playing exactly where they want and Obviously, against the Seahawks, uh, it didn't go exactly how they planned last week. I mean, they gave them a decent game, but Russell Wilson was extremely hot last week. I'm, I'm picking the Cowboys in this one. There's, I think they're going to beat the Browns.
3: Dennis?
1: I'm going with Dallas, and you might think that I've uh, had a few too many Bud Light seltzers, but I'm also going to say this. In January, Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys will be playing a playoff game at Lambeau Field.
3: Uh, you know what? I uh, I was kind of hoping that. I, I think that's one of the things we're holding our breath for. Let me ask you guys this, and I'll, I'll, I'll pause real quick. Dak Prescott wants this record amount of money, uh, and and he's even his agent has even talked about the kind of money that Patrick Mahomes is getting. Is Dak Prescott a premier top quarterback in the National Football League because when you talk about making some of the same mistakes Dennis that I've seen him make for years and years and years hanging onto the football, getting hit, fumbling away the football, throwing mistimed picks um is is it, and I'll start with you Dennis, is Dak Prescott worth the money that he's think that he thinks he should be getting?
1: Probably not, but you're in a you're in a pickle because good quarterbacks are hard to find. I know they have uh, Andy Dalton just in case this year, I'm not sure that he's going to stay there long term. But if you don't have a quarterback that you feel good about, that you can go deep in the playoffs with, then you're in trouble. Look at the Bears. I think I read the stat, and, and this is unofficial, so don't quote me on it. But I think in the last 29 years, 26 of those years, they've started more than one quarterback, which is incredible to me. So mm-hmm. I think we've had such stability with the Packers that we don't realize when you look around the rest of the league how special it is when you have a good quarterback.
3: Stephanie, do you think uh, Dak Prescott is, is worth the money that he's he thinks he's worth?
0: I would definitely not call him one of the premier quarterbacks in the league right now, but with that being said, and Dennis sort of mentioned it, good QBs or excellent quarterbacks are hard to come by, so I feel like he's going to get paid. I don't know if he's going to get paid what he wants to make, uh, but I also feel like, think about it, Mike McCarthy, you know, first year with him as head coach there with the Cowboys, maybe he feel like he could even groom Dak a little more, make him better than he is and take him to that next that Aaron Rodgers type level. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like maybe with the new head coach that perhaps he'll turn things around, maybe play a little better than he has in years past.
3: Let's get back to it. Uh, Interesting. Uh, The Saints, speaking of good quarterbacks, this is another matchup of pretty good quarterbacks. Uh, Drew Brees sitting at one and two. The Lions and Matthew Stafford sitting at one and two in Detroit. Uh, Dennis, I'll go back over to you. Who you got in this one?
1: I'll go with the Saints. Uh, Even though I wasn't real impressed with them Sunday night, I was even less impressed with them in their loss at Vegas. Um, I don't think the Saints can win a Super Bowl, but I also think they're a playoff team, and I don't think the Lions are.
3: Stephanie?
0: I'd agree with that. I think the Saints, you would see them in the postseason before you would see the Lions. And I also think Drew Brees, so I'm going to pick the Saints. I think Drew Brees is getting really irritated what's happened the last few weeks, um, you know, including this past Sunday night against the Packers. So I kind of feel like the Saints will come marching in, and I think they'll get the win over the Lions.
3: Got the Vikings on the road at 0-3, Houston at home at 0-3. Something has to give here. Stephanie, I'll come back to you. Who you got in that one?
0: Vikings and Texans. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for J. I mean, I I know JJ Watt does not want to see his team struggle as much as they have right now. I know you know how much he has in a say in that. You know how defensively what he can do. Um, but I I will pick the Texans in this one. I just think Kirk Cousins. I just he just doesn't seem to have it once again. He seems to uh, the Vikings offense sort of seems to be all over the place.
3: Dennis,
1: I like the Texans. I think I saw the stat that if you start zero three. Uh, since the NFL went to the 16-game schedule in 1978, your chances of making the playoffs are 3%, and nobody has ever won a Super Bowl after starting 0-3. Uh, I think the Texans are less of a mess than the Vikings, so I'll go with Houston. I,
3: I agree with that. Uh, I, I think Houston at least kind of knows where they're at, even though I'm not a big fan of... Uh, of their head coach uh, and then one more before we go to break and that is the Seahawks undefeated 3-0 and and I think uh, one of the top two teams along with the Green Bay Packers in the NFC at this point even though they have their flaws and so do the Green Bay Packers on the road against the Dolphins who are at 1-2. and two. Uh, Dennis back over to you.
1: Well just to stir it up a little bit I'm going to pick an upset here and go with Miami just because I think we've all been so enamored with what Russell Wilson is doing, and I'm not taking anything away from 14 touchdown passes. But I, I think you were hinting at this, Bill. Their defense is not very good. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a long way from the great Seattle defenses of a few years ago. And I, I just think this is one of those nondescript games that they have to travel a long way and might bite them.
3: Stephanie, that's the big thing Dennis just mentioned. This is the longest road trip uh of any team it's it's from the top right portion or left portion of the country if you're looking at the map all the way to the lower right portion Seahawks they have a long way to go they're taking on the Dolphins who are at one and two do you pick an upset there
0: uh don't care about the road trip I think Russell Wilson the former Badgers was super hot last weekend I think he'll continue that on the road in Miami I, I don't care that I, Well, how many hours do you think that flight is six hours probably I don't know mm, something like that yeah. but no I, I'm picking uh, the Seahawks on this one
3: there you go. Uh, that's the first eight. We'll get to the second eight when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Suttle presented by Bud Light Seltzer coming up. we got the rest of the picks, including the Monday Night Contest, all coming up next on the Bill Michael Suttle.
2: You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
1: I think the biggest thing that, that would help a guy and, and like me that needs to get in the right positions is, is winning the pre-snap. So, yeah, they could try to put me in a position where I got to cover a big, fast tight end. But as long as I can kind of pick up on cues and, and you know, recognize whether it's looking at the O-line, their stances, see, okay, it's probably pass, and, you know, that I can make the proper adjustments necessary to either fit the gap on a run or and make a play when necessary. So it's, it's all about, I think, winning the pre-snap.
3: Those are the words of Ty Summers coming in for Christian Kirksey this past Sunday evening as they took on the New Orleans Saints and his first real reps and uh, wearing that green-dotted helmet and calling the defensive sets. uh, That was his first opportunity, so he didn't look too bad. He led the team in tackles, and... And uh, there was a couple of times he was swimming a little bit and uh, took a couple of bad angles. But uh, you figure with reps, it only gets better. And he was he was all preseason, only a preseason ago, when there was a preseason for that matter, with the speed that he had sideline to sideline. So I was impressed with him. But now it's all about being cerebral. And uh, if Christian Kirksey can't go, he's going to be the guy that gets the nod. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Dennis Krause, a Spectrum News 1 alongside Stephanie Sutton from WISN 12 in Milwaukee here as well. And back to the picks and the rest of the NFL, the Chargers on the road at two and one on the season. They go into Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and company who are two, or excuse me, the Chargers are one and two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two and one. Uh, Gronk finally getting into the mix a little bit more. And Stephanie, I'll start with you. Who you got in this contest?
0: Well, it's in Tampa, correct? Uh, Mm -hmm. How do you not go with Tom Brady? I mean, to be honest here, they're going to be three and one after this game. And as you said, Gronk's in the mix again, or... I can't imagine the Chargers coming into Tampa Bay on, uh, on a Sunday night and beating Tom Brady.
3: Dennis?
1: Yeah, I go with Tampa Bay. And remember, after the Packers' bye week, they go to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers.
3: Yeah, that was going to be one of those trips where we went down and started scouting out places to stay for Super Bowl this year. I wonder how that's all going to be changed as well. I know the NFL is forging forward, but. uh, they have not announced any of their plans or revisions in their plans down in Tampa Bay just as of yet, so that will be interesting. Uh, the game that we were supposed to see, the Steelers on the road against the Titans, the Titans were going to be at home, but they uh, ended up having some players uh, test positive for COVID. Uh, They had played the uh, Minnesota Vikings this past week, this past weekend. Uh, Both facilities were shut down for a period of time. The Titans have not opened their facility as of yet. Uh, Nobody on the Vikings have tested positive. This game has been postponed, and I did want to take uh, at least a minute to touch on this. Uh, Dennis, uh, we knew there would be some type of stoppage at some point for a team that needed to be rescheduled. Uh, is this, do you feel, just the warning shot over the bow to say, hey, take care of yourself, or do you feel that this is the beginning of more?
1: Well, I don't know that it's so much a warning shot in the sense that I think, I think all the teams already knew what the stakes were. This is not surprising. There are going to be more. Um, so it's just a matter of how it's navigated by the league. It seems to me, this is just my opinion, That with their bigger rosters, with bigger practice squads, with all the money riding in TV contracts, the NFL is determined to power through this thing. And so unless there are massive outbreaks on several teams, I think they're going to find a way to pull this season off.
3: I'll take um, maybe a foreshadow here, Stephanie. I'll ask you, do they move the Super Bowl later in the year? Do you feel that they get this season complete and they don't move it and they just continue on?
0: I kind of feel like what Dennis says, I think they're going to power through. I mean, I look back to when the Cardinals, when that whole fiasco happened in the Brewers' home opener, and honestly, when it happened at the time, I'm like, oh, this is it. You know, this is the beginning of the end. It's not going to happen. And I give props to Major League Baseball. They kind of just – kept going and they they realized they could play double headers down the road. Now the difference between major league baseball and the NFL you're only supposed to be playing one game a week. So my curiosity would be when do the Titans make up this game again? And as you mentioned, does that affect when they make it up? Like does the Super Bowl have to be pushed back um even later? I think it's February 7th in Tampa. I, I think, though, they're going to power through as best they can, unless it's like the NBA and you're all in a bubble and no one goes anywhere. And I know they're getting the daily tests. You can get this virus even when you're not thinking you're getting the virus. I mean, that's what it seems like. So um, this is not unexpected that um, a team has tested, or this many teams have tested or players have tested positive. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they power through, but I think money has a lot to do with it. And I feel like they're going to, whatever they they're going to do what they can the NFL to keep the season going, even if you have a game like the one coming up with the Titans. That's postponed.
3: Um, by the way, just a bit of uh, breaking news. Uh, Ryan Braun, I don't believe he is starting tonight. They say he is not dealing with a back issue. It has now been listed as an oblique strain uh no word as to whether or not he will or will not play tonight but apparently right now not in the starting lineup against the dodgers coming up later on this evening uh let's get back to it as we continue to kind of make our choices for the uh, remainder of the schedule so uh you got the ravens two and one on the road Uh, they took their first loss on monday night they take on the washington football team dennis i'll start with you give me your thoughts
1: I think there's a little bit of an emotional hangover for Baltimore because that was such a humbling. They were pointing toward that Chiefs game, and they got run over. But they're still better than Washington, and it's a short short trip for them. It's a rivalry game of sorts in that area. I go with Baltimore.
3: Stephanie?
0: Yeah, that's not much of a trip. I mean, is that, what, a half-hour drive for for Baltimore over to (laughs) where Washington plays? So, yeah, I kind of feel like Baltimore is going to be the team that's going to win this game
3: uh you got the Giants 0-3 on the road taking on the Rams who are 2-1 and one. Stephanie I'll go back over to you
0: oh I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams the home game I think the Rams are gonna win this one pretty handily over the Giants
1: Dennis I like the Rams and it's really uh quite a commentary on New York football that entering tonight's Jets game neither the Jets or the Giants had won a game
3: yeah 0-6 between those two teams ugh if you're a if you're a New York fan at this point, it's been kind of tough, uh, tough sledding. Uh, then you've got the Chiefs. The Chiefs are at home taking on the Patriots. Cam Newton and company. Cam Newton can still run. The defense of the Chiefs could be a little bit suspect. Maybe I thought they performed incredibly well against uh, Lamar Jackson though. Uh, two and one. The Patriots are the Chiefs at three and zero. Who you got in this one, Dennis?
1: <laughs> I think this is going to be a, a terrific game. I, for some reason, I'm going to pick New England because I think that. The Chiefs feel very good about themselves after what they did in Baltimore. And Belichick is the kind of guy who can can expose whatever weaknesses you have. So, on a hunch, I'm taking New England. Stephanie?
0: I'm going to go with uh... – Mahomes and the Chiefs. I just don't see him losing this game. But I am also like Dennis. I'm very excited to watch this game on Sunday. I'm almost surprised. It's not. It's too bad. This isn't a Sunday or Monday night game. Um, uh, the, the the matchup that's going to be there. But um, I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs and Mahomes.
3: Yeah, until somebody beats him, I, I I just I got to go with Kansas City. I just uh, the the run they're on and the way that Patrick Mahomes is playing is just just phenomenal. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at home at two and one. The Buffalo Bills are, are really, really looking good. I really like what they've got going on. They've got a good quarterback. Their wide receiving core is now fortified. Uh, they are 3-0, and going on the road out to Vegas. Stephanie, I'll go back to you.
0: Nope, I'm going to go with Chucky. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders' <laughs> home game, I think they're going to win this one.
3: Dennis?
1: I'm going to go with Buffalo, although I have to say that my belief in them was shaken a bit. Even though they won that game against the Rams, They they blew a big lead in that one, which is a warning sign to me.
3: Then you've got the 49ers at home taking on the zero two and one Eagles uh, all day long. I've got the 49ers in this one. Back to you, Dennis.
1: I'm really impressed with what the 49ers have done despite just being gutted by injuries. They get Kittle back this week. Uh, I like the 49ers, and uh, you know I, I admire what they've done despite all the injuries.
3: Stephanie.
0: I would say the same as Dennis. It's pretty impressive how they have a 2-1-1 record considering uh, the amount of injuries that took place, especially in that first game for the 49ers. I just don't see the Eagles beating them on the road in San Francisco, So, um, or I should say Santa Clara. Uh, I'd pick the 49ers.
3: Then the game on Monday night, I know, Steph, you were feeling pretty strong about it. You got the Packers in this one, or you got the Falcons getting their first win of the season?
0: No way. The Packers win this one without a doubt.
3: Dennis?
1: I've got the Packers by 20, uh, 48 to 28 now. I made that pick before I knew about the Lazard injury. I would say this, and I don't know if this is the week or not. Maybe it is because Atlanta has nothing to lose. But one of these teams is just going to say, we can't cover them in the back end anyway. Let's just try to heat up Aaron Rodgers and and rattle him and sack him and see if we can get a turnover. Um, You know, I know that you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz, especially against Rodgers, but at this point, what do you have to lose?
3: nope i agree with you appreciate it appreciate it dennis appreciate it stephanie thanks for joining me okay all right see you thanks so much absolutely there you go dennis crousey spectrum news one stephanie sun WISN 12 milwaukee uh think about this you've got uh, a team that's had some issues with tackling you got uh, a nailing kenny clark christian Kirksey. you got devontae adams coming back if indeed he does from a uh, hamstring injury uh you've got alan lazard out now with a core surgery core muscle surgery Skeptical about MBS. Darius Shepard with one career catch. Malik Taylor with zero. The magic of Aaron Rodgers in the play calling a head coach. uh, Matt LaFleur is going to be challenged in this one. I got the Packers winning. I just don't think it's going to be nearly as high scoring. Maybe something to the tune of maybe 30, 24, something like that. So there you have it. Time for us to go. The Bill Michael Huddle brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Have a good night.